is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome, everyone, to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff. Joining me is your Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hey. And special guest, Wade. Say hello, Wade. Hello, Wade. Yes. I never do that. I've never made that joke before. <laughs> never? <laughs> it's the first time. You get one, right, in your life? <laughs> you get one. Uh-huh. We're talking about Pulp Fiction. Let's talk about Pulp Fiction. What do you guys feel about Pulp Fiction? Uh, I, good I motherfucking choice, motherfucker. Positive. If I was going to do a book report on it, I would start with, this is a book full of fiction. And <laughs> And you would write your book report out of order. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so Pulp Fiction, I'm sure everyone's seen it. Uh, this is uh, my favorite, uh, let's just get this right out of the list, my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. I don't know what you guys think. Is that true for all of you or not? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kill Bill, very close second, but yeah, Pulp Fiction. I would say Reservoir Dogs in a second. You peaked early. <laughs> it's it's all been downhill. Like, yep, yep. Some of the shit he's made lately. Oh my god. Seriously, just. You know. <laughs> I like his scene in Four Rooms. And plop out. Yeah. Yeah, four Rooms. Yeah. And, and seriously, if anybody's listening to this and you haven't seen this movie, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? You've made some twelve. Twist. You shouldn't be listening to this podcast anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now without your parents' permission, so go ask them right. Well, since you brought that up, I did not see this in the movie theaters. Neither did I. Uh, I, I did. I, when I saw the commercials, I didn't like it. I didn't get it. Um, it wasn't until years later. Like, we were working at where we all worked together, and people were talking about it in the break room, and I went and I probably Netflixed it, but, like, not streaming, because I actually had the, <laughs> the DVD come to my house, and I watched it. I thought it was okay. And then I watched it again, and I and every time I've watched it, it just keeps getting better and better and better and better and better. So for me, it was kind of a slow burn. Like I didn't instantly fall in love with it, like, like a lot of people did. Yeah. My dad was actually the same way. I told he he mentioned it. He goes, "I don't like it." And then I told him, "You should watch it again." And then he did. And then now he always watches it. He likes it more. <laughs> well, my dad was the one who told me about it. We were watching a commercial. And he saw the commercial for the sh- for the movie come up. He's like, "Oh, we've got to watch that." I'm like, "What? Why? What's going on?" So I saw the other movie this guy made. It was amazing. I'm gonna go take you and I'm gonna see this movie. It's gonna be amazing. And I was like, "Okay." And so we saw it like opening day, basically. And I was fucking blown away. I had no idea what to expect. I was it was I was amazed by it. And then uh, a couple of days later, we rented Reservoir Dogs and watched that. We really enjoyed that as well. But I was really surprised that like. Maybe like a week or two after the movie came out, like a bunch of kids in my high school were quoting the movie. And I was really surprised. They're like, wow, you guys saw that movie too? It seemed like such an obscure movie to me at the time. But everybody was like obsessed with it just as much as I was. I was really just, surprised. Just a bunch of kids running around the high school campus saying, Yo, shit, yeah. shit, Negro, that's all you had to say. <laughs> for, for my, in, the, uh, in the middle of Orange County. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, it takes place, you know, in the L.A. area. Yeah. Area. But, like, yeah, one of my, uh, I was in film analysis, and one of, like, a little groups basically ripped off, just refilmed the entire uh, Ezekiel 2517 scene, like, complete with gunshots and swearing and stuff, and played for the whole class. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so you said uh, your, your dad took you to see it. How old were you? Yeah. Uh, what year was it? 94? 94? So 94, yeah. Yeah, so I was about 14 or 15. I remember I bought the, the tickets myself without parent supervision, so they illegally sold me R-rated movie tickets which unsupervised which, minor. Which theater chain was it? It was Edwards. Ooh. That's why they got banned. They don't sell tickets anymore. <laughs> they're, 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 they're allowed to show movies, they're just not allowed to sell tickets Right, you just, got, you just got to walk in. It's, it's uh, trading in ivory and selling underage kids R-rated movie tickets. <laughs> those are the level of illegalities that those things are. So, so you saw it and instantly loved it, Jeff. Yeah, instantly. You, you, you saw it as an adult, and it took you a while. Um, I saw it as a kid and didn't quite get it. I think it was a little younger than you, Wade. Yeah. Right there too. And then uh, I don't know. What are you, Alex? I remember I saw it. I probably saw it on VHS. Uh, my parents just brought it home, and, and <laughs> they didn't really get it. <laughs> Did you guys like the out of orderness of this? Is it was it disorienting to you guys? Was it does it make it better? Do you think does it make it worse? Since we both all love it, I'm assuming we all think it makes it better. But it made a certain kind of sense in a way. Like whenever um, I try and remember this movie, sometimes it's chronological. Or my mind just reorders the movie the way it, it like a normal one should play, which is weird. Well, the scene is so much just a series of vignettes that it really yes. didn't matter what order they were. Basically, there, there were some things that did did carry through the order in which they were played. Yeah, which ones? So. Uh... You never see Marcellus Wallace until the end, which I suppose is what's happening chronologically. But you never really see his face until that one scene towards the end of the movie. When uh, he's walking across the street? Yeah. Yeah. But again, that, that is actually happening chronologically at that point. So. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, does that happen before um, Julius calls him on the phone and the whole, what you already said, sheet, Negro, that's all you no, had to say? No. So the, yeah, that, the whole the whole gold watch thing is the, the the last thing chronologically. No, it's not. Oh yeah, chronologically. Chron- yeah. Chronologically, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think the last line in the movie chronologically is Zed's dead. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Zed's yeah. dead, baby. Zed's dead. So, yeah, I think it's cool, and I think it also allows you know I think one of the best scenes is the, the bookends scenes, right, with them in the diner. And right. I think it would have been weak for them to end with Bruce Willis and her on the motorcycle and having, or a chopper, um, <laughs> and having the scene with uh, Jules and everything in the diner was awesome. I hate so. that Mongolo voice. Nobody. Special guest Brian's favorite girl. Does he like her or hate her? Because I don't think I've met, ever met anybody who likes that character. I want a pot belly. 
Yeah, she's got that weird potbelly speech, and like <laughs> Butch like treats her like a child. I wonder like what kind of relationship they must have day to day. Well, even physically, he seems you know way older, which he obviously was. Yeah. So, but I think they kind of play that up for the movie that she's way younger than he is. Yeah, she's got this thick accent. She's younger. They obviously just come on completely different wavelengths. She's really weird, and he's kind of normal, it seems. So you just wonder, what the hell did these people get together? What's to do with that? Yeah. But, um... So, so, you, so you said he's he's normal. Is he normal, um, like the heightened level of reality that uh, is kind of throughout the movie? Because he doesn't seem to have any problem when he kills the guy in the ring. Yeah, he, he basically just sort of goes, huh, sorry, oh well. He seems a bit regretful, but given the fact that he's just running away from a place where people are going to be trying to kill him, he's probably got bigger fish right. to fry. And then, then so. he's, uh, when he runs into Vincent, he's pretty cold-blooded about that. Yeah. Although, although there's a little more to that. Uh, and then he seems completely ready to blow Marcellus Wallace's head off. Yeah. So, yeah, so is that ruthless. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is he is ruthless on the level that makes sense in the movie, or is he actually kind of twisted? I think everybody's pretty ruthless in the movie. They're all just kind of larger than life characters. Um, but just in like in contrast, his girlfriend, like you know, he'll be going like, "Come on, we've got to go," and she's like, "What?" And she just asks five questions, like, "Come on, we've got to go," and then she'll walk down a couple steps and ask five more questions. And like, I guess you know, it's written that way so the, the audience is going, "Get the fuck on the chopper, you bitch!" <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's written to be intentionally annoying, but right. even right. still, like, you think like, "What? How did, what does Butch see in this person?" But I think it's more normal, too. Like, you mentioned the boxing. He even mentions it. The guy, if he wasn't ready to box professional, he shouldn't step in the ring. Yeah. Right? Like, that's two warriors entering a ring. Well, if you say he, goes, he goes berserk in the ring, though. Like the, the guy he was still within... Yeah, I mean, he didn't do anything illegal at that point. Yeah. But, again, he doesn't... He almost forgets about it instantly. I mean, that, I, that one I can understand. That's normal to me. If you're two boxers, you go in there, you see the guy, and they want to kill each other. So that's normal for a boxer, I would think. Well, I mean, there are instances, there, there are famous instances of people dying in the ring, and the boxers handle it differently each time. Like Max Fair was, well, Paula Creed, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Drago was infamously torn up by that. <laughs> Whenever the camera wasn't on, it was just tears streaming down his blonde Russian face. Well, you couldn't tell because his face was so shiny. Yeah, he's so covered in sweat all the time. Uh -huh. Listening, just melt. That's why he was always working up that face sweat. And his wife kept himself. injecting him with heroin to deal with the pain. <laughs> uh, well, at least his son's gonna get retribution. Yeah. <laughs> Creed's gonna fight, fight I, I, even Drago Jr. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, the other thing, I mean, there's tons of stuff I want to talk about. I just, one scene that always sticks in my mind that I could never watch, it always makes turn away, is the overdose scene. Yeah, <laughs> just, that's gross. Yeah, when she's foaming at the uh, mouth, yeah. blood's coming out of her nose. I was I was about to, like, get up and do something, but, like, the screen was on, like, a close-up of her face, and I had to, like, sit there and wait for there to be another screen to pause on. <laughs> that the, the image that this was on the television frozen like that. 
so, yeah, that's gnarly. So as a Ugh. kid, I didn't realize. Like I, I understood right, that she was ODing. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't get that she'd snorted the heroin. Heroin, yeah. And, and it's not like they did a poor job of explaining that. Just as a kid, it was just all—it's just drugs. Like I don't get what's going on with it. Um, I don't know about about my father. Maybe he's listening to this this podcast or not. But when he, she pulled that out and looked at it, my father immediately goes, "Oh, she's gonna overdose." <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Okay." He's like, "Since we're like, oh god, that'll kill her or something." Like he immediately knew, like so she's gonna snort that heroin, and that's gonna be bad. <laughs> So he sets down for a father-son talk. Yeah, don't movie. start heroin, Wade. Now, son, when you're chasing the dragon. <laughs> so, since we're speak, talking about dads, my dad cannot listen to that song in the, in the diner, in the the song they dance to, the... What is it? The, um, well, the one... That one? The one they dance to? Yes. Yeah. My dad cannot listen to that song without his knees shaking. He just starts bouncing in his chair. Just <laughs> when it comes on, and the whole family just starts laughing because he can't control it. It's like, oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> or they say follow up to her her look of her face on the overdose, yeah. and then when they stab her in the heart with the journal, and yeah. I can't ever watch that scene either. Like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a great intense scene. And you know, honestly, I'm really ashamed to admit it, but I never got it by myself. The fact that after they, like, when they're about to, like, plunge a needle into her heart, there's a close-up of Rosanna Arquette's face, and, you know, all the piercings and stuff, and she's all, like, giddy with excitement. I never got it that this was, like, the ultimate piercing she was about to watch. I never yeah. made that connection. I only read about that afterwards. Oh, now I get it. Never got that detail. Yeah, and she has the best response afterwards. <laughs> cool. Yeah, she just goes, yeah. Just she's just, <laughs> yeah, she just says, that was fucking amazing or something like that. That was trippy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's, that's funny. The, probably the most disturbing scene is also the, the funniest. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's going back when uh, Lance is going back and forth with Vincent about what they're going to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so I stab her in the heart, then what happens? And then he yeah. says... So I stab her three times? Yeah, no, he's going to stab her three times. going to stab her once. <laughs> you do it. No, I'm, no you're going to do it. No, you're going to do it. Next time I dr- drag an OD person into your living room, <laughs> and I'll do it. Need a magic marker. A fucking magic marker. Yeah. <laughs> all just screaming at each other. <laughs> and so, so I do it. She's going to be all right? I'm kind of curious about that myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And in fact, she is completely fine after that, which probably is not medically correct. Yeah. Ketchup. Ketchup. Yeah. Ketchup. And, uh, so I don't know. Just pick a scene. Someone talk about. We can talk about any of these. So I just keep keep going with what we're talking about. I mean, that, okay. The whole thing's great with uh, him crashing in the front lawn. Mm-hmm. Then <laughs> he just runs to the house. Yeah. Yeah. Do, you, do you know who Marcellus Wallace is? I'm gonna be a fucking grease stain. <laughs> and I will be forced to tell him that you did not help me. <laughs> yeah. In a way, you kind of feel bad for this kind of douchebag drug dealer living in the suburbs. Yeah. The... <laughs> it looks like you would feel sympathy for him, Scott. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's just always in a bathrobe. He's eating cereal. He's eating cereal, cereal at night, you know. Watching cartoons <laughs> yeah. or something. He's watching an old movie. I don't know what movie it was. Yeah, like when he picks up the phone. Where are you calling me from? Wrong number, wrong yeah, number. Yeah. <laughs> great caller, great caller. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Is it? Are you calling me from a cellular phone? <laughs> Stoltz. That's one of the few things we're smart at McFly ever. The other one is the $5 milkshake. He freaks out over the $5 milkshake. Yeah. That was a lot crazier sounding back in 94. I don't know if it's worth $5. Yeah. <laughs> Jack so, that movie, that there's a scene in that movie I always think of when it happens to me is when she goes to the bathroom and powders her nose. Yeah. So when I come to the bathroom and powder my nose... <laughs> And the food's waiting for her, and she always she makes a comment right. about it's always awesome when the food's waiting for you. And every time I come back in my mind, I'm thinking of her saying, "Yeah, yeah." Like, I think we've all had that moment where we come back to the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great, the food's here. Yeah. I always I always think about the <laughs> she's just snorting the coke there. Nobody. Yeah, no, there's nobody, like seven women. Time, but, yeah. They're all crowded in the scene. All like crowded. Like how many people are going to the bathroom at the same time? Just snorting cocaine right in front of everybody. <laughs> I said, "God damn!" Like, God damn. <laughs> not making any attempt to hide it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the, the, the church, you know, heightened reality. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That whole Jackrabbit Slim's like set. There's a couple of track, like long tracking shots in the movie, and that was one of the cool ones where they just go all around the entire Jackrabbit Slim's and all the crazy little seating areas and people, and the, the wait staff all in their costumes and stuff. It was a cool scene. Yeah, yeah, so, and I never realized until just. Maybe two years ago, that Buddy Holly was Steve Buscemi. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did not catch it took that me the a, first hundred times yeah, I saw the movie. It took me a couple times. And yeah, I think I figured out who Steve Buscemi was pretty early, because he was in a lot of stuff in the 90s. And so, like, after, like, a couple times, I was like, wait a minute, that's Steve Buscemi. <laughs> so what what did he do to piss off Quentin Tarantino? Steve Buscemi? Because he, he went from Reservoir Dogs to the big <laughs> part in this. Well, he wanted, he was supposed to be Lance. He was supposed to be Eric Stoltz's part. But he had too many other things, so he could only do a cameo, basically. And then he has, and then he hasn't been in any Tarantino movie since then. That is kind of true, yeah. All the Coen brothers have been hogging him, and so and and Adam Sandler. Oh yeah, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Eat that when some shitty person takes her takes a good actor. Yeah. Well, Quentin Tarantino is kind of like up to his game. Like he went from those guys and like Michael Madsen. Now it's like Leonardo DiCaprio and. <laughs> oh, right. With his Christoph Waltz, he's just kind of okay. I don't need the shimmy anymore. I can move on. But he does it. stunt casting and stuff like that. Like, I know, I know. It's just when I call Michael Madsen was in the first movie, and then he was gone until I guess just Kill Bill. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much only uh, only uh, what's his name um, Samuel Jackson is the one he keeps bringing back. That's right. Otherwise, yeah, he doesn't have a big like production posse. He wasn't in Reservoir Dogs, was he? No. No. He wasn't True Romance. Yes, the bit part. Mm-hmm. But that that wasn't directed by Tarantino. Right? No, but no, it was right. just written, written by him. Yeah. Hey, was he ass? Hey, everything. <laughs> That's basically his only line. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I wouldn't be going around telling people that. <laughs> and so, I guess, not I was going to say, was that scene with um, Uma Thurman and... Um, Vincent Vega, the first sitting down, two people sitting at a table talking forever. No, the, it's it very. It starts off like that. Oh, that's right, oh, Honey Buddy, and yeah, it, most of these are just vignettes of people talking. It's such a talky movie, but you don't even notice it because the dialogue's so good. It's one of them new talkies. Yeah. At a table is what I was thinking, but then even Reservoir Dogs had that at the very beginning. Very beginning the tip. Yeah. yeah, at the tips and everything. Right. Pulp, 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 pulp Fiction, though, they do it 
in interesting ways. So the movie starts off, yeah, you get the, the diner scene, mm-hmm. and then you realize what's actually going on. Yeah. And then you get Vincent and uh, Jules kind of walking through that apartment building. You don't know what they're going to be. And that's yeah. what, well, first in the car. Yeah, they're in the car. Yeah. So it's kind of always like a different backdrop, uh, a different thing going on when you're talking. Yeah, I like that, that kind of slow unveiling of what it is they're going to be actually be doing once this conversation is over. Yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that. I mean, yeah, these, these two hitmen, I guess you don't know they're hitmen at first. You don't. You have no idea who they are, them. yeah. The most mundane thing about Big Macs <laughs> in France and everything, right. and then giving massages. And... <laughs> that, that seems, like, I think that might be my favorite part, where he's like, Man, you don't you don't throw a man out of a window just for rubbing a woman's feet. You can't do that, man. It's like, yeah. oh, there's a sexual element to this. Mm-hmm. Nah, I don't think so. They go, go back and forth. Man's feet. Yeah. Hey, I'm, 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 I'm fucking nasty. Yeah. Yeah. If, if 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 Tarantino's not showing women's bare feet, people are talking about them. Yes. And it's just him in every corner of his movies. Yeah. The whole thing about giving massages. Giving a massage is not like going down to the holiest of all holes. Yeah. It's not the same game. Not even the same ballpark. Not even the same sport. <laughs> you know, because you mentioned the character is uh, Rocky, or Tony Rocky Horror. Yeah. It's like, I gotta meet this guy. Like, they, they talk a lot about him. Yeah, oh, him yeah. And, and, Mo- and Monster Joe, the uh, scrapyard body uh, disposal guy. Like, all these characters, all the names. You do see a little bit of English Bob, I guess. There's English Bob. Yeah. He's the guy that basically takes over for Jules. The guy, huh? he's running far at first. And then when uh, Butch runs out, he's the one that talks to Marcel. Oh, the guy who's, my name's Paul, this is Tween You All? Yeah, that guy. Okay, yeah. Uh, you know, that actor was the, was almost got the part of Jules. Right, right. Yeah. Sam Jackson found that wig and then it was all over. Well, like, I think he wrote the part for Samuel Jackson, but then, like, I don't know if, like, Jackson, like, wasn't, didn't want to audition or just kind of wasn't available for a while, and so they let the other guy audition, and they really liked him. So they called Jackson and said, this other guy's, like, really good. You should come down here and kind of seal this part for yourself. So Jackson, like, jumped on a plane and got the part. Awesome. Talk about a career-making... Seriously. Right? Like, so, th- this was t- uh, Travolta's comeback for sure, but... Yeah. Like, where where would Sam Jackson be without Pulp Fiction? Yeah, he'd just be another one of those, like, hey, it's that guy, guys. You yeah, mean coming much. to America, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he have Yeah. <laughs> he comes back trying to rob the same McDonald's or whatever. Oh, hell no, motherfucker. You again? <laughs> Jurassic Park was before this, right? I mean, it wasn't a big role, but he was in Jurassic Park before this. Uh, right? yes, that was before this. Access main program. Hold on to your books. <laughs> Access main program. Access main program. Grid. You can tell it wasn't, uh, getting, it was still a ways from the millennium because they had a main character smoking. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And the kids moving. Oh. Damn. So going back to the intro scene where they're going over to the kid's house to collect their money or whatever, yeah. and they're finished that talk, and he's like, all right, come on, let's get into character. Yeah. I always love that line, too. <laughs> let's get into character. Yeah. And then, of course, just that whole scene, just terrifying those fucking kids. <laughs> yeah, because you don't know what they're going to do to them. What's, what's the end I game know. here? 
<laughs> and they're being all pretend nice, and he's like eating his food, and there's that whole like power, mm. total power that's move thing. Bug. <laughs> yeah, I love how he's he's, he's he's drinking the sprite, just staring him dead in the eyes. It just finishes <laughs> that slurping sound when he hits the bottom. It's like, oh god, he just drank all of his sprite. May I have some of your sprite <laughs> to wash this down? <laughs> Yeah, it's, they're all, he's acting all nice yeah. until the guy interrupts. Yeah. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. Yeah. You're like, oh, and suddenly it breaks, yeah. Yeah. And then he just shoots him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he shoot, sorry. Did he shoot a guy that was just sleeping on the couch? Yeah. Flock watching the eagles. Yeah. Can <laughs> <laughs> I break your concentrations? So that guy, like, dies right there on the couch. Yeah. 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 I always thought that was a little weird, because... No, screaming or writhing is dead after like one shot in the stomach. Well, that's how everybody dies in the movie. Uh, I guess. Except for Zed, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. It's just, yeah, it's just that dialogue with that guy. Say what again? Yeah. <laughs> Say what again? <laughs> what? They speak English and what? Yeah. <laughs> what ain't a country I ever heard of? <laughs> oh, check out the big brain on bread. Yeah. <laughs> And then we get the first glimpse of what's inside the suitcase. Right. The golden glow. The, the ultimate MacGuffin. Yeah. <laughs> I heard it was gold bars. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. I heard it was a 30-watt light bulb. Yeah, so that's what Tarantino <laughs> says when people ask him. and say it's a light bulb. <laughs> <laughs> so I think originally it was supposed to be something like diamonds. Yeah, it was going to be the diamonds from Reservoir Dogs. Or no, no, from True Romance, or whatever. I forget what it was. Reservoir um, Dogs. Yeah, was it Reservoir Dogs? No, they, it was had, no, they had a bank. Yeah, they robbed a bank in Reservoir Dogs. Right. <laughs> it was supposed to be something from a, from another movie, but I think it was Diamonds. No, I forget. It was supposed to connect the two movies. They, they, they went from boring kind of item to all-time... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Iconic. Kind of little thing there. Yeah, it's definitely the, the good choice just to never show it. And the way everybody freaks out when they look inside of it. Yeah, it would glow and there was like, are we good? Oh, yeah. And then they unload like two guns, two clips full into that poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he did try to kill him. <laughs> no, no. The, the, the first Brad, guy. Brad. Or is it, yeah. What is it, Brad? Brett. Or Brett. That's okay, Brett. Brett. Yeah. It sounds like yeah, Brad when he says it, but it's Brett. Yeah. yeah. After he reads the Ezekiel. Yeah. Verse. Jerry Seinfeld comes out. <laughs> that guy looks yeah, like Seinfeld. He totally does look like Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's uh, they made up that. that I'm, I'm sure you guys know this, but they made up that whole. Yeah, it's cool. like a big hodgepodge of yeah. different little Bible parts. I've actually one time I was in a hotel and I was bored. And I got the Bible out and I looked for it. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> well, you know, Tarantino's been accused of like kind of outright ripping off like older movies. And like Reservoir Dogs is supposedly very similar to some uh, like Hong Kong movie, and then did the whole like Ezekiel twenty five seventeen was apparently in like a Sunny Chiba movie, that whole thing where like the guy recites a Bible verse or something. It's not exactly the same, but it's very obviously inspired by. A certain... it, it brings a good questions. When when is something ripping off and when is something paying homage? an homage? Yeah. Like, if it's good, it's an homage. <laughs> if it sucks, <laughs> it's ripping it off. Basically. Well, you're supposed, to, also, to, so. you're supposed to put your own spin on it also. Right, right. Uh, I know Aronofsky uh, is famous Darren? for it. Yes. Good old Darren. Good old Darren. 
uh, for ripping off uh, Japanese uh, animation director. Uh, well, you're talking about uh, the Perfect Blue thing? Yeah, yeah. Here? Well, okay, so there's two things about that. One was the Requiem for a Dream thing, where the woman screams underwater. I think he bought, like, the rights to Perfect Blue just to use that image. Because he really was. He actually legally got the rights to do that. Oh, I'm not saying he ripped it off, but I'm saying, right. like, it's definitely, he saw something he liked that this director did. Yeah. And he wanted to make it his own. He wanted to use it, yeah. At least, you know, he went through proper legal channels for that. And, and he's actually, like, on the record of saying he's a huge fan of the guy. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I saw this thing, I'm going to pretend I never saw it again. Yeah. That's, That's why they call him Grohl. Grohl Darren. <laughs> and then I just want to talk, we've mentioned, like, kind of the end scene, but the whole scene with Travolta and Uma Thurman and him just going over there. You know, you don't want to date the bosses. It is such a strange just... request. Yeah. Mr. <laughs> Marcellus doesn't like to be fucked by anybody that isn't Mrs. Wallace. <laughs> the little thing when she's in the bathroom and Travolta's like, just one drink, just one drink and walk away. That's yeah. it. Because yeah. loyalty <laughs> is important to you. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to go home, jerk off, and go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been an intro to her, with her. Like It's kind of like the... Just you see her lips, and she's talking on the microphone. <laughs> I always think of um, the Warriors with the, the DJ. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, it's probably an homage. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> they ripped it off. I'm not <laughs> sure. So, yeah, that whole setup is awesome. I I don't like John Travolta, but he's pretty damn good in this movie. So oh my gosh, so weird. Here's <laughs> an uh, interesting question. So obviously we know what happens to Vincent Williams, but yeah. But let's I'll say text. she doesn't uh, OD, and they have some kind of an affair. Like things end up worse for him probably <laughs> in the end, in the long run. If he has an affair, oh, you yeah. think that he'd probably get tortured to death instead of just or shot so he would die horribly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but remember that's what happened. He's saying that he's just going to leave her. Well, he says that, but she's already uh, party okay. downstairs. Go wake him up now, won't you? Yeah, she yeah. might have made it hard for him to leave. Yeah. yeah. Whoa, hard, huh? <laughs> for me, like the Bruce Willis scenes are like, kind of the weakest part of the movie, except for the stuff with um, Marcellus and the the Gimp and all that. Like, I never got into that whole his whole stuff. I don't know what you guys think about his scenes. They're kind of, I mean, they're good, but compared to the Jewels and Vincent stuff. I don't. I think I know that Christopher Walken flashback is awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, 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 I think it goes back to what Wade's saying about how he's like the most normal. Yeah, yeah. Like the movie with all these like criminal figures. And, Hitman. Yeah, and... all these like underworld characters, and all of a sudden you just get this kind of schmo. Yeah. It kind of puts the brakes on on the cool characters, I guess. Yeah. Although that, that, that's not to say Butch isn't a cool character by the end of his arc. Yeah. But to start off with, you're like, eh, it's not Vincent, it's not Jules. Is that really weird? That... What's that? Oh, it's too bad that uh, Daredevil's dad didn't watch this movie. So when I saw Daredevil, I thought of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> when it's supposed to throw the fight, oh, did, yeah. that was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> but he goes back to his locker, he's going to uh, undo all <laughs> he's this. He's just stuff. hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> Like, dude, just let a window through a trash can, get him to a camp. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Bruce Willie. Have Esmeralda drive you in some terribly, um, with a backdrop. Yeah, I think that was intentionally bad. Yeah, Ooh, I know. 
<laughs> Someone bothered when he's when she asked what Butch means. He says it doesn't mean anything. Just American names don't mean anything. Butch very clearly means something. <laughs> yeah, of all the names, yeah, in America. Exactly. yeah. That's someone what Steve means. They have no idea, but Butch. Yeah, we all know what Butch means. And then that that character is actually from a different movie, right? Avery, like David Avery. It's from Curdled. They actually made yeah, like a full movie about her. Yeah, I've Curdled. actually seen it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've n- I've never met anyone who's ever seen it. It's really weird. It's it's a very yeah. slow burn to the end. Yeah, and yeah, it's gory and it's right. a cool concept. But yeah, she's like a she's crime a gor- scene cleaner, right? Yeah, exactly. She's a gorophobe. Or not, uh, agoraphiliac, I guess. Because she's not afraid of it. Uh, agor- oh, I guess. I don't, I don't know what the term is, but yeah, she's like She loves gore. Yes. Mm-hmm. Car- carnophiliac, maybe. Because <laughs> agoraphobe is someone who doesn't like to go outside. Right, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So gore- gore- uh, she's a gore. Mm-hmm. Anyways. <laughs> She's a subscriber to that. What's that horror magazine? Oh, Fangoria. Fangoria, yeah. Yeah, she's a Fangoria fan. <laughs> Does that still exist, That's Fangoria? Yeah, man. Probably. Yeah. Probably at least a website, not the magazine. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But going back to that the first introduction to Butch and that whole speech by Marcellus. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know who it is at the time. I love that. Just Yeah, the, you're just staring at Bush, but you're listening to Marcellus talking to him. Yeah. You're gonna feel this pain. It's pride. Fuck pride. <laughs> I love that. I love how he like he hands him like an envelope with like three stacks of bills in it. But he's saying like when you're on the beach in the Caribbean or something, you're gonna be laughing about this. Like, there's no way you gave him enough money to go to the Caribbean. Oh, no. You gave him like fifteen thousand dollars. No, he'll get the rest after the fight. That's what I was. In '94, that movie would have gone long. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You think he was giving him that much money? Uh, like to retire in the I, tropics. I kind of see what you're talking about, where it doesn't seem like that much. <laughs> if it's only no. what's in that envelope. I would think it would be like half now, half after. Yeah, or 25 now, 75 later. Plus, he could bet on it if he want. Oh, I don't know if he can bet on yourself, can you? Yeah. Obviously, he did. He can't bet against <laughs> himself. He bet on himself. That's why he was able to yeah. do it. But actually, but he did it a, a proxy. He made a proxy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. If Marcel sees that you're betting on yourself, and you fix the fight. Let's <laughs> <laughs> take a genius to figure out what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcel would just go over and switch his bet. What? And then he would throw the fight. He's secretly <laughs> betting against himself. He made a he made a small bet for for himself, a larger bet against himself, so that he could skew the odds. I in think we his just favor. described the plot to the Sting Two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sting. So you guys mentioned the Christopher Walken scene. What cartoon is he oh, watching? Oh, that's called um. Oh, I forget what the name. Super racist. <laughs> yeah, it has a name. It's got a strange name, but it's famous for being, like, really fucking stupid. It looks like it was done, like, Conan O'Brien used to have the... <laughs> yeah, it's the exact same thing. Remember <laughs> <laughs> he used to do, like, Bob Do Dolly 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 Dolly. Clutch Cargo. <laughs> That's the name of it. Clutch Cargo. Yeah, and they would just stand behind pictures and animate their mouths and just, you know, talk so they'd have to do an animation. Wow. Ultra cheap. And Conan would have the uh, guy doing Schwarzenegger, and he'd yeah. have the the black thing over the front his front teeth. Yeah, but it would like fall off. So he'd like, yeah. try to put it back up there with his tongue. 
Oh, that always killed me. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Um, I don't know if you guys were talking about Christopher Walken. I mean, just the speech. It's an awesome speech. But... Oh, it's, as far as monologues go. Yeah. It might be the best monologue ever in a movie. And your father's watch. The deadpan delivery of it. Yeah. Such a ridiculous it's speech. Completely on the nose. Yeah. All the time. It's completely earnest. Yeah. <laughs> he was earnest? Yes. Ernest P. Will. There was a crossover. I want to see Christopher Walken play Ernest in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, speaking of Ernest, I saw uh, Welcome to the Jungle with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Not a great movie, but he was kind of walking a little bit like Ernest. He's got the, build, he's got the skinny, skinny build for it, too. Like an old man, his back is all really too straight, and he kind of points forward a little bit. He hunches his shoulders to yeah. the sides, keeps, keeps his hands real close. Huh. It can't be as bad as Dolph Lundgren. Like, I can barely walk. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what was that? Under Siege? Not Under Siege. Spendables. Uh, now, in the name of the king, too. He, like, they keep showing him, like, running around, and he runs like a geriatric person. No, like, I, I saw a movie recently, same thing. Yeah, he, yeah. he did some movie with uh, Tony Jaa. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah move. Whatever happened not... to Tony Jaa? He was, like, the next big thing in, like, 2002. Well, he was, that was. he was in the latest Fast and Furious. The Expendables. Was he? Yeah. What did he do between 2002 and 2015? No, he just had yeah. some weird contract where he couldn't... The Expendables. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Maybe America just isn't ready for Tony Jaa. Tony Jaa's an old man now, I think, isn't he? They all are. Yeah. <laughs> You know, all, all these all these Asian action stars, they're all like in their late 40s. And yeah, but Tony Jaa was supposed to be the new guy. He was supposed to be the next Jackie Chan. Right. Jackie Chan was like in his 40s at the time, and Tony Jaa was like 27 or 25 or something. And then like 12 years goes, goes by. I'm like, wait a minute, wasn't Tony Jaa supposed to be the next guy? Like, shouldn't there have been like 12 movies made by, with him? Yeah. Wait, how old was Jackie Chan when he started making those American films and we kind of yeah, like, discovered him? I think he was in his 40s. 40s? Yeah. 40s. Yeah. Like early forties, like we did the one where he was like the cop with like Danny Aiello. He's like in New York. He's like shooting people. Uh, the protector. Is that what it was called? Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't like the same Jackie Chan level of hijinks. It was like serious. It's supposed to launch him as a movie star in America, and mm-hmm. I don't remember that one at all. No. I think it was Danny Aiello. I think it was Danny Aiello. Yeah, but it was in the eighties. I don't think you're Chris Tucker, are you? <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> well, they're very similar. Well, I guess they, they do look alike. <laughs> uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Wait. Rush Hour is funny. <laughs> it is, but... All right, I got to do a beer break. Be right back. Mm-hmm. And we're back. So any other scenes? I have two in my mind, but we'll see if you guys have any other ones. Well, I just want to point out something that I just noticed recently. Um, In the very beginning with uh, Jules and Vincent, um, uh, Jules is trying to tell Vincent about uh, Mia Wallace's pilot. He's like, you know, know, TV shows. And Vince is like, no, I don't have a television. And he's like, well, you know the concept of televisions, right? (laughs) And in the end, when they're driving around um, after uh, after they've shot the Jerry Seinfeld and they're trying to say it's a miracle – Vincent's like, have you ever seen Cops? There was this one episode I saw, and blah, 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 blah happened. Like, he does have a television. He does watch television. 
He's, huh, he's, I never caught that. He's trying to play it cool. Like, I don't, I don't, watch, I don't own a television. Yeah, but yeah. when he gets rattled, all of a sudden, he's just you know, a quick reference for all these TV shows he's watched. That is true. <laughs> what about Orlando Jones getting shot in the face? That is that is yeah. nice. And, okay, so... Phil Lamar, is that his name? Yeah, no, Phil, Phil Lamar, Lamar, yeah. I always, yeah. They were both in Mad TV. I get them confused. Yeah. Uh, so... Marvin shot first. Yeah. So, so this is my. So Alex, add that to our list. Got it. So I think about this way. We talk about this. What are your favorite two or three lines from the movie? Uh, my my second favorite line is in the scene when they're walking away after they or after they're driving away after they shot Jerry Seinfeld, and he accidentally shoots him in the face. <laughs> and he looks over at Jules and says, yeah. "Oh man, I think I shot Bob in the face." Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you, Captain Obvious. Yes, yeah, se- second favorite line. Just the way, just the delivery. Oh man, yeah. I think I shot Bob in the face. <laughs> uh, favorite lines. Oh. And right after that, when they're cleaning <laughs> up, it's like, "Why the fuck am I on brain detail? You get your ass back yeah. here." <laughs> yeah, that right after that is, like, "I'm a mushroom cloud lane, motherfucker, yeah. motherfucker." <laughs> I like it in the very beginning when uh, the the girl bank robber, who's been all sweet and nice up until that point, is any one of you motherfuckers move, and I'll execute every motherfucking last one of you. That's actually how we. It's actually how we ended the last podcast. <laughs> it is. Love that line. I know that line really well just because it's on the soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> just play it right before the Dick Dale song comes on. They play that. Right. So that's something we haven't talked about is the soundtrack. Jesus. Oh, yeah. Gold. There it is. That's that's been his home one of his besides his dialogue right. is his He's got a very good taste in music. Yeah. yeah. And you hear a song now on the radio, and if it's from one of his movies, you instantly get taken back to that scene. Yeah. You know, like the classic one in Reservoir Dogs with the Stick in the middle. Yeah, yeah stuck I was in the just on the radio as so I was leaving the gym today. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There goes somebody's ears are getting cut off yep. right now. <laughs> Somewhere in the world. Yeah. yeah. We said the Dick Dale song. The um, just so the other one is I mentioned my dad. The other song my dad's has always listened to since I've been a kid is that Captain Kangaroo song. <laughs> yeah. Captain Kangaroo. And Bruce Willis' uh, stupid girlfriend left the watch yep. on a kangaroo. On, on the kangaroo. Yep. Yeah, and uh, if you watch Die Hard three, <laughs> Bruce Willis at the very beginning was like, "I was a, uh, I was out, of, I was smoking cigarettes and watching Captain Kangaroo until this guy called." <laughs> See, <laughs> he does mention that. I caught it, um, but yeah, oh, it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about the gimp scene of the whole Marcellus Wallace and I got donuts. <laughs> yeah. hey, I know you. <laughs> it's like the spider caught himself a couple flies. <laughs> Awesome. So terrifying. You know what those guys are going to do. Yeah. Ugh, it, was, it was brutal. And we found out. Yeah. yeah you open the door and you yeah. see a couple pounds. And like, oh, God. <laughs> Turns out that gimp was Johnny from uh, Karate Kid. Yes. Are you serious? <laughs> really? Did they know he was? Could have uh, been. There's this, this whole convoluted. Uh, <laughs> Could have been. Like, so convoluted uh, chain of logic. I think Pat Nozzle's actually, I don't know if he wrote it, but he read it out loud one time on some show. It's hilarious. Like, it goes through the whole progression of how he's Johnny, then he loses, and his yeah. dad's a dick, so he moves into another town. Yeah. It's all the same be- guy, all of his yeah, characters. Then, then, like, yeah. And then he gets like, he 
gets beat up at this prom because this chick dresses up like a dude, uh-huh. and then and then he goes to away to college to be a diver, but he loses uh-huh. that, and it's just like one failure after another yeah. <laughs> until he winds up a camp in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Johnny on like a Buffalo Wild Wings commercial the other day or something. What? Yeah, he made some. He made some. It was a Karate Kid reference too. I don't. Maybe I dreamt it. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure. Do they expect you to recognize him at this point? I would. Yeah, me too. Yeah, he looked. Does he look like recognizably Johnny? Or is it? Yeah. Just, yeah. It took me a second when he was in Hot Tub Time Machine. He was in Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> yeah, he was the dude that was making the bets with Robert Cordray. I don't remember. Uh, but like, anyway, yeah, that whole. I get all your winnings, <laughs> and you have to suck his dick. He's <laughs> like, done. I like your style. <laughs> so that's seen the whole game thing. Why is he in the bar? Ah, that whole thing doesn't make sense to you. But that's cool. It's, it's, <laughs> that might as well be the the gold bars and the or whatever the light in the suitcase. Just why they have this guy yeah. who's just chained up and he's a gimp. That's what he likes. Mm-hmm. The gimp's oh, sleeping. We'll wake him yeah. up. Wake him up. <laughs> oh, so you think the gimp like is hanged at the end, or is he just unconscious? He's just unconscious. I think he's unconscious. Yeah. So what do you think, Marce- is Marcel's going to kill him as well, slowly? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, not slowly, but yeah, he's... Yeah. he's Toast. He's going he's gonna to kill Rick from The Walking Dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen Pulp Fiction, but I'm pretty sure it looks like him. No, that's a totally different actor. I know, I know it's not the uh, same actor, but... This skinny guy in a cop outfit. <laughs> with black hair. He's an usual suspect. Is he? Yeah, he was, um... Redfoot. Redfoot. I love the whole progression scene where Bruce Willis just keeps getting yeah. different weapons. <laughs> you like have you sat in the baseball bat. Yeah. You pick yeah. chainsaw. Chainsaw making the soul stabbing motions. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. This could work. Taking his time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he is taking his sweet ass time, that's for sure. Yeah. Marcellus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's gonna save his life. He doesn't have to, you know, hop yeah. to it or anything. That's true. And it's, it's not like he's Okay, put this delicately. It's not like things that are halfway through, like <laughs> the deed's already been done downstairs. Pretty much. <laughs> Jesus, a couple more minutes is more or less the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm sure, hope Scott never has to save any of us from from an ass raping. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the hymen's already been broken. Don't worry about it. I stop for burgers first. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knows how long it takes Scott to eat. <laughs> God, <laughs> he's smoking cigarettes by the time he comes back. <laughs> and ready for seconds. <laughs> but uh, Marcellus's quotes there are pretty awesome, epic at the end. Yeah, yeah. my favorite line there is at the end. The... Which one? Privileges. privileges. Ask, ask him if he's okay, and he says, "Yeah, I'm pretty fucking far from okay." <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, yeah. so in that scene, what's more disturbing, the, the actual act or the dude standing in the corner, like, beating off, like, <laughs> just like, oh, he's all sweaty. And he's yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, it's gross. It's Billy like, Mays over there. Yeah, <laughs> Billy Mays is up in the corner. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. It's both. The whole scene is terrifying. Yeah. You know, it's like, your first clue that something's really wrong is when he says... Nobody kills anybody in our establishment except me and Zed. And you're like, well, that's, that's kind of weird. 
That's kind of a weird line. Yeah. I would say that, like, it seems that's oddly specific. Like, <laughs> like not, the only people that kills people in here is me. Like, okay, that's kind of general. You know, he's protecting his establishment, but. Right. <laughs> it's kind of like, well, that's well, kind of a weird line. Yeah, clearly Zed is the boss of their relationship. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's just a security guard. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. You think that maybe he's calling the police, like he might be a cop or something like that, but then you look closely at his uniform. He's just a fucking security guard. I actually like, never got that. Yeah. I thought he was a cop. No, I've yeah, it, yeah on, his, it looks on the side. It says, like, security. You might just even oh. just say security guard. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. No big shot. And then the last thing I wanted to talk about is the diner scene at the end and the just the Samuel Jackson being his most... Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Samuel Lee Jackson-y. <laughs> yes. I love having uh, Samuel think, Jackson. And I have, you know, the whole scene with the wallets and one says bad motherfucker. Yeah. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast, but if I haven't, I'm telling it now anyway. <laughs> and I know I've told you guys before. I was in a hockey tournament one time, and the locker rooms there were, like, known to have people go in and, like, sift through pockets and steal wallets. Mm. So... Someone got a pillowcase, and everyone threw their wallet and keys into a pillowcase. And then you'd bring it to the bench so it'd be with us, and no one could steal anything. Mm-hmm. And we we did that. We played a game. We came back to the uh, the locker room. Well, we can only be in it for, like, five minutes because we had another game. And um, people were like, oh, we're gonna, I'm going to run to the snack bar and get some Gatorades. Do you want any? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I need some money. I'm like, all right. Um, can you get my wallet? And he, he had this, he had the pillowcase with wallet. Yeah. And he's like, which one is it? And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. I can't believe this opportunity yeah. is happening now. I was like, it's the one that says bad motherfucker. <laughs> he looks in there, he's like, what? No, there's none that say that in here. I'm like, oh, oh God. Good God. How could you not get that joke? No one's ever going to have that opportunity yeah. when your wallet is in a place full of... Ah, oh, it was best ever. But, yeah. I mean, that... Bitch, be cool. Bitch, be cool. <laughs> I like how these, these British people are supposed to know about Happy Days. Oh, yeah, Fonzie, yeah. <laughs> these British people are supposed to know all about Happy Days. Yeah. They get all of our television, don't they? They don't have any culture of their I, own. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. That, that it's all just true. Monty Python and all of our media. Top Gear. Mm-hmm. And Top Gear, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, just that. <laughs> you guys are lucky I'm going through a bit of a transition period. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, you guys would be dead as dog shit or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dog's a noble animal. I'd eat a dog. <laughs> <laughs> you give that numbskull five, how much money? $2,000. I'm going to shoot him on principle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like Vincent's whole thing about pork. Pork chops taste good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use that line too. Yeah. Bacon tastes good. <laughs> Gotta be a pretty char- motherfucking charming pig. Yeah. Like the pig green acres. <laughs> that's true. That's another thing. Like, I guess was clerks before this, like the pop culture references in movies. Like, yeah. it wasn't done too much back then. And that. Even though you're mentioning Green Acres is freaking old, but still, it's stuff like that that didn't happen too much. So I always found that stuff being nice. Yeah, and it it felt really original in Pulp Fiction because it was just before, like, the internet really hit its stride where, like, retro and nostalgia became just obsessive in modern-day culture. So all of these callbacks, all these old shows 
and everyone's got their little logos like uh, what's his name the Lance uh, the drug dealer's got like a speed racer shirt on before it was cool to reference old anime and stuff you know just all yeah. these uh, what's his name when, uh, Quentin Tarantino's got some sort of like really old fashioned like logo on his shirt all these uh, old references to like the 70s and stuff that was all just so interesting and new at the time to be doing that yeah, and just like flat out talking about McDonald's and Burger King, right, and Coca Cola yeah. and Sprite. Well, yeah, Tarantino know, definitely made, in, like invented that style of dialogue where people are just <laughs> talking about nothing but making it still fascinating. That's yeah. why Seinfeld was guest starred. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess Seinfeld was first, but they said they don't use like name brands because you really can't usually in movies, right? I don't know how that works. If that's not sponsored, can you say Coca Cola in your? Yeah, you can, but movie? you don't because you want to try to convince them to have the product placement. So if people think yeah. that you're just going to put Coke in there anyway, they're not going to pay you. So they make off-brand stuff. So it's like, hey, if you want us to put Coke in there, you've got to give us some money. Otherwise, we're going with this stuff. Yeah, the red, and nothing red takes you out of a – yeah. <laughs> but nothing takes you out of a movie quicker than something seeing something like a beer can that says beer on it or – a Coke can that's not Coke. But do, you, like, but do you prefer to have people like with their Stella Artois like held up to the camera, you know, while they're no. talking? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, like I said, like I, but just a guy drinking a Coke would be fine. Like, you don't have to put it in my face, but but they I don't nowadays know. they would. I mean, yeah, now it's like in the Man of Steel where he flies through an IHOP, a Shell gas station, and a. Yeah. Right. Denny's all in the same scene, right? Like, yeah, that's over the top. I don't want that. Lois Lane has to make a call on her Windows phone with the screen showing. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, yeah, now we, whenever we see logos, we just immediately assume, oh, that's product placement. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't know. Seems more natural. Like, I don't – do you think – he didn't get money from McDonald's and Burger King, did he? No. <laughs> Even though he mentioned them, yeah, like – so I was just recently in Paris and I did not see a Le Big Mac or a Royale with cheese. <laughs> so I feel I feel gypped. I did go to a Burger I, King in Germany, but I don't remember what they called the Whopper. The Wappenstein. The Wappenstein. <laughs> Der Grossen Burger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know the the burgers there got to be like eighteen letters long. Yeah, <laughs> it's too long to fit on one line of the menu. It's a little dash, and we keep going yeah, down the second line. Ends in ellipses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't a burger like a German word? Yes, hamburger from Hamburg. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to mention? I'm um, just the the relationship between Jules and Vincent. They're they're almost like this old married couple. <laughs> like, yeah. The way they just kind of jab at each other. Um, and my favorite little bit out of that is when they're going through the whole Bonnie situation and, and Vincent gets, gets, uh, gets pissed off at the wolf. Yeah. So I'm like, please will be, uh, please will be nice. Uh-huh. And like, he's like pretty pleased with fucking cherry on top. Yeah. Go clean the fucking car. And, <laughs> and they go to walk out and Jules is just like staring holes through him. Yeah. He's like, it's like, I can feel your look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Harvey Keitel. Yeah, I forgot about the whole wolf scene. Yeah, he was he was awesome. So, what is he doing when he's 
first like introduced. Party, I want to say. Well, like, I, well, there's gambling going on. You can hear that because they say like next better, and you can just barely see like people like like at a gambling table with like a croupier. But like, why is it at like eight o'clock in the morning and in a hotel room? Is like, and that? everybody's in black tie. Seems like somebody's house. Well, the, there's two single beds side okay. by side with like hotel print comforters. All right. So maybe it wasn't supposed to be someone's like uh, hotel room, but it definitely was filmed in one. It's a pop-up casino. <laughs> pop-up <laughs> or maybe a flash casino, yeah. like a flash mob, but it's a casino. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it was filmed in like a Leave It to Beaver's house where the parents still slept in separate beds. <laughs> <laughs> They're just in a terrible marriage. They <laughs> just gamble away all their money at eight o'clock in the morning. With the those old TV shows, so so with uh, Green Acres, the next generation that came along to watch Pulp Fiction is going to have no clue what that is without looking. Yeah, at nobody's. Yeah, nobody's. Gonna, it's so dated now. That, that cops mm-hmm. probably a lot of people aren't even going to know what that is. People kind of still know what cops. Is. Yeah, I mean cops is. Like now, yeah. but yeah, in ten years maybe not. Um, yeah, my boys aren't gonna know. When they watch this movie tomorrow, they're not gonna know what's going <laughs> on. <laughs> but, but yeah. I mean, like everything was dated even for the '90s, like with the Jerry Curl and the Fruit Brute cereal. Right. And yeah, it was all just it was retro to the '70s and the '50s. It was the '90s, and then so listening to it, looking at it twenty years later with its like twenty years before that retro, referencing stuff from forty years ago. The, the whole scene in the Jackrabbit Slims. Yeah. It's going to be tough. Like, I didn't... Re- like, he says, no, that's Marilyn Manson. That's somebody else. <laughs> Marilyn Manson? Marilyn Manson. Okay, Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> that's, that's Mimi and Dora. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know who that is, the second person. I didn't get there, Evans. You did? Steve Buscemi. Yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the beds, just real quick about the double beds is on the side. That, yeah. that always cracks me up, those old, old, old TV shows. They couldn't so sleep together. And then yeah. when they finally were allowed to, like, they had to film it so that, like, one one person's leg was on the floor or, like, foot was touching the floor. Really? Like, they yeah. Dick Van Dyke show. That was yeah. the first show that had a uh, married couple sleeping in the same bed. And they had to have, they had to have, one had to have, had to have their feet on the floor? Like, yeah, I don't think they ever showed them, like, like in the middle of the bed. Yeah, huh. I, I, like, they, it was baby steps. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Wait, I was married thinking, couples have sex? <laughs> the Brady Bunch they slept in the same bed right yeah yeah that was after the Dick Van Dyke show. that was after yeah. yeah but I'm just trying to remember of shows that I watched my parents loved Dick Van Dyke but I never really watched that show I don't know when I Love Lucy I think they were in separate yeah, beds yeah definitely M- Mr. Ed they were in separate beds well one is a horse he's gonna <laughs> need a separate bed <laughs> hey and Godfather the horse slept with oh that's bed. true <laughs> well that's later <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say that mentioned uh, Quentin Tarantino in the movie. Do you guys have a problem with him in his movies? Like, do you think he stands out? Um, he, he was fine in this one. He was terrible in Django and Chain. Yeah, he should not. That whole scene, that whole like thirty minutes, yeah. should have been cut out of Django. And he was one of the worst parts of that part. But that whole thing should have been taken out. Normally, I don't have a problem with Tarantino in his movies. I think he's a decent actor. Mm-hmm. He's pretty good. Yeah. In his range. Yeah, in his little range, in his kind of like smart ass wise correcty kind of. You're gonna make a yeah. phone call. You're gonna call some people. <laughs> then do it. Get the fuck out of my house. 
I know the coffee's good because I buy it because my <laughs> wife buys it. She buys shit. <laughs> I love that little like when Wolf tastes it for the first time. He's like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he, gives, he gives Floyd a little smile or whatever that guy's name is. Yeah, I was going to pretty much say the same thing you guys did. I did not like him in Inglorious, not Inglorious Bastards, Django. Um, Django. Um, in Pulp Fiction, I think he's fine. I in Reservoir Dogs, he's kind of really not in it that much that I can remember. What about Distal Dunn? He's I love him in that. He's creepy as hell in that goddamn <laughs> movie. Yeah, he's the crazy one in that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he was, but. He was out of movies for a while. He wasn't in, like, Kill Bill or Inglorious Bastards, was no. he? Yeah. I think he was, like, on the radio, maybe, or something. Some, like, real minor thing. Okay. He was in, when he did that Four Rooms. Yeah, he was in Four Rooms. Yeah, I don't think he was in Death Proof, was he? Yeah. Well, he was in the other yeah, one. Yeah, he was in Death Proof. Oh, 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 oh. he was in he was, uh, Oh, he was the other one, Planet Terror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dick was no, he out. was in both of them. He was in both. He was the he was the uh, bartender in Death Proof. Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, and then yeah. he was the crazy soldier guy who's like testicles fall off or something. Whatever. Made some ripped. Yeah. yeah. No man, the bartender got it worst of all. <laughs> Desperado. Oh. Uh. <laughs> all right. Anything else? All right. It's time for Neom News. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't have much news other than – oh, I have a couple of news. I heard they're going to make a movie off of the USS Indianapolis, the one from Jaws, and Nick Cage is going to be in it. So Is he going to play one of the sharks? I hope so. <laughs> Shark or Quint. I think that would be pretty awesome. So the, the uh, story is just going to be that the, the, sh- the ship sinks and they get eaten by sharks? Pretty much. So didn't, I mean, the, didn't we already see that movie in like, wasn't that like Open Water or something like that? Yeah, but this is based off a true story, which I think that one was too. Oh, yeah. I have no idea, uh, but it's the whole story that you know Quint tells in the book. Right. So I yeah. don't know, it's always the doll eyes. Yes. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other bit of news that I heard was that they're going to make a movie based off of emojis. What? What? That doesn't even make yeah. any sense. I know. The, the main character is going to be the poop emoji that smiles. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, what the hell? And apparently there was a bidding war for the script, which I find even more ridiculous. What? Well, if you can make a, if you put 90 minutes into a script about emojis, I think you've probably done some sort of like a work of art. I hope it was written in emojis. That would be impressive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe just kind of Jackson Pollock yeah, They're just like copy pasting at random <laughs> for for ninety pages. Yeah, emojis written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Uh, um, okay. One review. <laughs> Whale fight. Thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one review. I think Scott's gonna do another review, and I'll join in on his. But um, I watched that Rebels Star Wars cartoon. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Did you watch it? Yeah, I've seen a few episodes. I'm not impressed. I watched uh, the first few. I didn't like it, and then uh, someone told me to watch all of them, and I did, and I I liked it. I definitely liked it more than I liked the Clone Wars cartoons. Um, the the animation's terrible, and it's definitely for kids. But the fact Ugh. that there's a lot more Star Wars stuff in it, like there's stormtroopers and uh, star destroyers, and like Tarkins in it, and spoiler alert, Darth Vader shows up at the end. It's actually I enjoy. I for a stupid cartoon. Eh, I liked it. So, 
it's still all the crap. Some of the cinematography is just really awful, and the animation is bad, and that just irks me to no end. As an animator it, with your expert eye. Yeah, it just takes away from it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you complaining about the animation in Archer, right? Isn't that like, kind of hard for you to watch because the animation's so crude? Yes, but the writing in that is so good that it overshadows it. Right. Now, <laughs> if the same people that wrote Archer wrote Rebels, I'd be in. <laughs> well, that would be that would be awesome. Maybe I don't know what that would be. But, um, Lana, so. Lana, <laughs> Lana, Leia, Leia. <laughs> Danger zone. Leia, what? There's a Wookiee over there. <laughs> you gotta get, yeah, you gotta get H. John Benjamin to do. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's not too late. Don't leave food lying around. That's how you get Minox. That's how you get Jawas. <laughs> um, and that's it. I saw Ant Man, but I think Scott's gonna talk about that, so I will wait till he goes. Um, <laughs> wait, let's have Scott talk about about Ant Man. Don't leave us in suspense. So yeah, Ant Man in my local RPX theater, which I which I I think is the way to go. Because I, I don't like IMAX being crammed in there, with a couple of exceptions. But um, anyways, uh, Ant-Man is – it was enjoyable. I recommend it. It's kind of smaller than the other Marvel movies. <laughs> Come on. No pun intended. No, no, no pun intended. <laughs> Come uh, on. It's like the, there's – I mean the, the stakes are high, but it's not like yeah. cities are going to get blown up. Uh-huh. Um, because that, that's kind of getting old at this point. In fact, they kind of referenced that in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, good good casting. Um, I I could kind of tell where Edgar Wright had his fingerprints. Oh, yeah. And where I might have wanted to see more of that. Uh. Uh, like, definitely you can kind of see it in the action and some of the some of the way the scenes play out. Hmm. Um, yeah, you get... Uh, Paul Rudd as a believable action hero. <laughs> is he? Well, yeah. if they can make Michael Sarah into a believable yeah. action hero, then... <laughs> exactly. Uh, Douglas, like, everybody kind of plays it, uh, plays it on the nose, and it works. So, yep. yeah, again, I recommend it. All right. So, the so Scott, at the very beginning, when uh, Michael Douglas is it's supposed to be, what, like, 20 yeah, years they, earlier they tron- or whatever? They tronned him. He looked good. I was like, holy crap, Michael Douglas looks good. How old is this guy? And I was like, wait a minute. I couldn't tell. Hey, Maybe if I looked hard for it, so, I'd be able to find yeah, it. So but that, they, yeah, so that aging thing is, like, I guess they got to figure it out as long as you only do it for like a minute or two. Yeah. yeah. A full movie of that, we, I'm sure we, we would have started to see the seams. As it ruined Tron, too. Oh, yeah. But yeah, for, for the one scene, like, yeah, I couldn't tell. It was kind of like when we were talking about uh, Game of Thrones. They they stuck her head on the yeah I didn't notice the, at all yeah it, it, like that technology is really good now <laughs> yeah yeah because mm-hmm. I seriously was like I thought Michael Douglas is a lot older than this I was like what the hell yeah, I was like watching him back in like Basic Instinct yeah <laughs> damn and then they had Haley Atwell and spoilers and like old woman makeup <laughs> not CG so it was kind of weird uh, but not as old makeup as she was in right. Winter Soldier. Yeah. <laughs> In between old makeup. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that yeah, I thought that was interesting. A little bit of tech that they they had on display there. Mm. 
And the whole him shrinking, going big, they did a pretty good job of that. Uh, good believable action, as it were, yeah. within the scope of you know <laughs> disbelief that's created by the by the movie. So when he's small, he's he's stronger than he would normally be. They 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 kind of hand wave it with some pseudoscience, but yeah, he's basically he's... he's basically like the same strength, but he's smaller. So yeah, he can just like knock people around. So he's the same strength. He's not. He doesn't have super strength. He's just strong for his size at that point. Well, I think he's like actually stronger just because he builds up. Because they they say he's like, so dense. They say right. something like blah blah blah. You're basically a bullet. Right. So yeah, you can like knock people like back and like well, that. No, no. He says you're the same strength, but now you're smaller, so you have a smaller surface area, so it's like a bullet, right? So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so technically, like, he's the strength of a normal man, but at the size of an ant. So. Right. So he's like, just that's how, he's, right. He's but small. Like, he's strong for his size. Right, but you see him do stuff in the like as Ant Man that yeah. someone his normal size wouldn't be able to do. Oh yeah, like he could just, like lift up like like people are being like flipped around and stuff like that. Like, okay. He's not like okay. lifting cards or anything like that, but yeah, he's okay. definitely getting more oomph in his ant right. form. Yeah. Okay, when he fights Spider Man, it's really cool. <gasps> <gasps> <laughs> I met Superman. <gasps> <gasps> So does he get all giant in the movie? Because there's nothing to to no. say. That spoilers, spoilers, he, spoilers. He doesn't. Okay. He goes. He's either normal or ant sized. Okay. Does Ant Man sometimes go become giant? Yeah, he can. Wouldn't he then giant. become? Wouldn't he be like super frail then? By the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a comic book and a cartoon. Well, in, the, in the in the comic book, he doesn't have super strength when he's small. Yeah. He has regular tiny ant strength. Yeah, they didn't put the pseudoscience about getting big part, so <laughs> okay. we'll save that for the next movie. The whole principle of the anyway. I mean it is it is cool the main character, Scott Lang, of of all the eventual Avengers, because he's clearly gonna be an Avenger. Uh he's kinda like the most the closest thing to an everyman. Yeah. He's just kind of a dude. He's smart. But he's but he's not the super genius that made yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, he's just he's just kind of a dude. He's he's not the one that created the tech or the technology. Yeah. Or got injected with the the super serum. He's just kind of a dude that you know is trained and using the suit. I thought I he was kind the of like spy. He's the Hawkeye. He, he's kind of Hawkeye like is more Captain more. America. Like Captain America is just a regular guy who got superpowers basically. Right? Well, kind of, but he's not. Like the uber, like lawful, good, you know. Okay, yeah. I guess Captain America's like personality is kind of extreme. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's the closest of like all of them. I don't know. Maybe Falcon's that way. <laughs> the <laughs> guy they, they used for like two minutes in the last movie. Yeah, he's pretty normal. Uh, but so that his partner was it Michael Pena? Yeah, or something Pena. That guy was hilarious in this movie. He just wouldn't stop smiling. Yeah, his character like so they they go like there's the, the three comic relief characters. Yeah, and they're all kind of well not kind of they definitely are stereotypes. Yeah, but they all kind of get their little moment to shine. Michael Pena is kind of like this walking contradiction of terms. It's kind of it's kind of like this cholo. Yeah, he's always got this goofy smile on his face. He's smiling the entire movie. But then he like retells these stories, and this is where you can really tell I could write had a hand in it. Yeah. And they, they go they go through these flashbacks of like all these different scenes that get strung together like with quick edits, but he's the one telling the story, so people are their lips are moving, 
but it's like his voice. Uh. <laughs> and like there, there's, there's two points in the movie where he does this, and both of them are hilarious. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah. oh, I don't drink red wine. Like he goes on these weird tangents, like in the middle of these things, like things that yeah. you wouldn't think. He's like, oh, I prefer this kind of painting to this other one. But he like looks like this Tolo, like <laughs> like he, he's an ex-con is basically what he yeah. is in the movie. So it's kind of funny. Michael Payne has like always been like he's been on like the cusp of like stardom for a long time. He shows up in like a lot of big budget movies and stars in like span of small budget movies. He's never quite made it over the hump. He needs a, a John Cusack to his Jeremy Piven. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> was was he in um, Observe and Report? Yes. Uh, yeah. I'm sure he was. I don't remember who. Sure wasn't. Oh yeah, that's right. Report. Yeah. He was the traitorous uh, sidekick. Yes. 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah. Come on. He was great in that. I think that was the first thing I saw him in. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't see that movie, Alex. Yeah, I did. The movie's awesome. <laughs> With Ray Bolita. That's right, Ray Bolita's on it. All right, anything else, Scott? Uh, just real quick, uh, trailers, a couple trailers. The Revenant. Yeah. To Alej Nandro. <laughs> huh. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. The guy, that, the guy that directed Birdman. Yeah. Uh, has this movie with Leonardo DiCaprio that looks like total Oscar bait, but it looks awesome. It's kind of... Did anybody see Birdman? Yes. Not yet. Mm-hmm. Just the, the way that it's filmed looks very interesting. Where it's just, again, the one long shot, but way more action-oriented. Yeah. Uh, well, I already knew about the story that it's based on, which was real fascinating. It's about this guy called Hugh Glass, who is really famous for, I think he was mauled by a bear and basically left for dead. And just basically, like, his whole body was completely just broken and ravaged. And he basically, like, crawled, like, 80 miles through tundra to like the nearest place and survived spoiler alert probably <laughs> but i don't think that's actually what the movie the movie's about but that's what he was famous for and so i knew that story i'm like oh they actually I mean, what you looking at the trailer does not look like that's a large part of the plot no because it's all sorts of weird like cowboys and indians kind of stuff going on and in the frozen tundra in the frozen tundra yeah uh, so that looks very interesting and yeah. it's also a new Spectre trailer, the new James Bond. I have not. Uh, I didn't realize that was out. Is that any good? Uh, yes. I I had to stop watching because I didn't want to spoil it. But yeah, uh, I I tune out like halfway through most trailers these days. Yeah. How does so, Idris Elba look like? How does he look? You mean Daniel Craig? He looked like Stringer Bell. Oh. So. Who's the villain in this one? Christoph Waltz. Uh, so that's kind of like familiar territory. Uh, yes and no. Uh, I mean, but, yeah. Christoph Waltz is always good, but I mean, but like... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's still Christoph Waltz. Yeah. How did you not want to spoil a Bond trailer? I can tell you what's going to happen in this Bond movie, Scott. Okay. <laughs> he's going to bang, he's gonna bang get... a hot chick, and she's going to yeah. die. Yeah, and he's going to drive an awesome car, uh, and there's going to be a crazy villain. And then he's going to bang another <laughs> hot chick. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get in trouble. Mum, M's gonna be mad at him. Q's gonna give him stuff. It's a new M, right? He's gonna get captured at one point. Yeah, escape. Yeah, yeah. it's Ray Fiennes. Yeah, Ray Fiennes. They kind of went back in the last movie to like the traditional, like where you had the the dude M and the money penny and everything. Yeah. Um, so, so. Uh, anyways, new Bond. I I love. I'm a big. Bond 
Japan. It looks cool. Is this, this going to be Daniel Craig's last Bond? Do you think it could be? Yeah. I think this is uh, Sam Mendes, the last one he's going to direct. That's right. I did see that he said no more Bonds for me. Yeah. Did you say Sal Undy? <laughs> I think Daniel Craig signed on for one more. I think I heard that the other day, but I'm not. What sure. if he wants to do it or not? Why wouldn't he? I, I, I don't know. Yeah, but, well, I'm sure things. he does, but these, you hear all these actors like it's like pulling teeth to get them to do the additional installments of things. Yeah. He doesn't have to wear makeup, so it's not like he's being mystique or anything That's like true. that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just has to wear a nice suit. Other than that, yeah. <laughs> oh, good all right, Wade, any news? Um, so they're making a Minecraft movie. Yeah, that's Minecraft. And the director is going to be Rob McElhaney of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. (laughs) Which I think is a fascinating choice. Special guest, Matt. (laughs) Matty, Matty. Yeah. We'll ask him how it's going. Mm -hmm. Now, are they going to film the movie entirely in Minecraft? Because they can do that. So, so does he have any directing experience outside? Apparently, he made a uh, like a kids adventure movie called Figment that I don't think has been released yet. Um, yeah, that I don't know anything about that. I think in 2014 they said I think he went and pitched it and filmed it, and I guess they're still doing stuff with it. He said it's like Goonies meets some other thing, some other kids adventure. Always sunny. Yeah, no, I think it's it's actually like a, more like a family friendly kind of movie. So I think that's probably why he was. Ch- Minecraft is probably going to be something fairly family friendly, probably along the lines of the Lego Movie. Seems to be the obvious analog. He probably's epi- uh, directed episodes of Always Sunny too. Right. I don't know if he's ever directed, but I know he like is you know one of the the showrunner basically. Should have Fred Savage directed. <laughs> yeah, Fred Savage like directed a whole season of that show. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's ever made it, directed a movie. Wizard. <laughs> auteur. Young auteur. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, that's all the news I got. All right. Alex, juicy tidbits. Let's go. Ooh, I got a juicy tidbit. Uh, by the time this, uh, you guys listen to this, uh, Summer Games Dunk Quick will be underway. It started uh, July 26th. Speaking of future talk here, and uh, yeah, it's it's a week long event where a bunch of speedrunners just play video games as fast as humanly possible using whatever uh, cheats they can to beat it in the shortest amount of time. And they're doing this in a marathon fashion, so 24 hours a day for one solid week. Uh, there's going to be different people di- playing different games and having races and stuff, and it's all to raise money for. A good cause. I think this year it still might be uh, Doctors Without Borders. So they have a pretty easy setup for um, donations and everything through their website, and you can donate however much money you want. And uh, sometimes they have incentives. So if you donate like a certain amount of money, then you get your name into a prize pool for like some cool video game paraphernalia. It's pretty awesome, and it's a, it's a lot of fun to watch, especially when they're destroying games that uh you used to play as a kid. It's it's not just cheats too. Sometimes they just play it straight up. Yeah. There's different really good at it. within yeah, different categories of um of races and stuff. Yeah. That's cool. my tidbit. Go watch it. I, uh, it's on right now. Alright. <laughs> In the future. Yeah. Right now. I uh, I have never I can't watch people play video games. 
Yeah, my my roommate is obsessed with watching. Well, not obsessed, but he, for a while he was watching Twitch a lot, Twitch.com, yeah, where yeah. you just watch other people play games. People like professionally. Yeah, like that one guy who's PewDiePie or whatever his name is. I can't watch that. He makes he makes millions of dollars a year just playing games and making stupid comments while he's playing the games. Oh, real real quick, I know Alex knows about this, but uh, it's fucking hilarious. Over the weekend. They have this fighting game tournament in Vegas. It's the biggest one. Oh, yeah, Evo. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, and then... Go ahead, Alex. Uh, well, I only, I've only so far seen... I didn't see it live, but I've seen the uh, top eight for Street Fighter Four. Uh, the last top eight players uh, battled it out in a... Uh, whatchamacallit? Winners and losers bracket stuff style. And it was pretty awesome. Like, from beginning to end, it was pretty badass. Uh, and the last match was freaking unbelievable. So, so, like, the winner was, like, a young autistic child who had recently lost uh, his sibling. It, it was, like, it was traumatic like seven events. Japanese people and one guy from Taiwan. Oh. <laughs> I saw what so, American so Wizard lied to us, is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, Wizard lied. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, but there was, there was another uh, different game called Guilty Gear where a guy had won a round. And or he'd lost the first round, then he won the second round, and he thought he won the match. So he got up, and he was, like, fist-pumping the audience, because he's on like, this big stage. <laughs> he's like, yeah, like, got both arms in the air. And then he realizes that there's still more to go. And, like, before he could sit back down again, the guy had him down to, like, 10% health. Yeah. Like, in two seconds. Yeah. Like, that's how much, that's how serious these, like, matches are. Uh-huh. Where if you stop, like, blocking for a second, you're dead. And that's yeah. what happened. And the other guy won the match. <laughs> it's <laughs> like that, a wrestling like, match when the guy yes. like turns around and yeah. starts like. <laughs> and then the other guy won and got up and did the same thing. <laughs> the other guy looked like he wanted to kill himself. Yeah. <laughs> it was... So Wade mentioned wrestling. Is could you be like uh, hit a guy in the head with a megaphone while he's not looking? No. <laughs> that might be frowned upon. If the ref didn't see it, didn't happen. That's true. We're done. What are we talking about next week, Alex? We are going to keep this uh, martial arts train going that I started with Bloodsport. And uh, we're going to be <laughs> talking about the animated epic Kung Fu Panda. All right. All right, better get a guest lined up. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get my son, Luca. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye. Don't forget to check us out on Twitch. Shoot me, That's all you had to say. (laughs) I think we lost Alex. Yeah, it looks like it. It was his turn to pick, wasn't it? I'll use this uh, this moment to uh, to pimp my uh, new blog, filmrex.com. Go to filmrex.com for my film recommendations. I've just started it in my spare time. Okay, I've, well, I've read the yeah, blog and I recommend were recording yes. throughout that whole time, right? Yes, we were. We were we were, we were all yeah. talking about how amazing my film blog is. Filmrex.com. <laughs> oh, okay. Filmrex.com. Spelled filmrex.com. How do you spell .com? D-O-T-C-O-M. Okay. So if it's R-E-X, that means you're like king of film? Exactly. It's a double entendre. <laughs>